Good morning. It is not really morning, but we have the sirens in your feed. Do you hear that alarm? Because the Milwaukee Bucks have fired Adrian Griffin as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. A development that, once again, never wrong, just early. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrist. You can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrist, to get the uh, Nostradamusian hot, hot takes uh, that, that you might need to hear. And follow the podcast at Scotty Six Pack for all the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Scotty Six Pack. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the bell to know when we record and release an emergency episode because we're going to get it in your feed right away. Because. I was never a firm believer in Adrian Griffin. But it is at least a little surprising. I'll even call it shocking. I I will call it shocking because I did not anticipate this coming. To see him lose his job just a couple of games more than halfway through his first season in Milwaukee. And... Wow, I, I I said we were going to end up talking Milwaukee Bucks this week on, on the podcast because we hadn't done so. I I didn't mean to do this. I didn't know anything. Obviously, I didn't know anything. Um, so so surprising, so shocking, as I said. Um, but Adrian Griffin is out as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach in the same season that he was hired. Um. Adrian Griffin, a first-time head coach, doesn't make it. And there were signs, I think, from the beginning that this was a questionable hire. And I want to talk about that just a little bit here before we get into the what do the Milwaukee Bucks do next And even before that, the why of Adrian Griffin going now, because if we look at this very retroactively, we're talking about why Adrian Griffin probably didn't make sense in the first place, why I had my doubts about Adrian Griffin in the first place. And it wasn't just me. Adrian Griffin was passed over for a head coaching job 12 times. 12. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of times to not get the head coaching gig. And obviously don't know what went on in in those interviews. Don't know what goes on really in an NBA head coaching interview all too much. But it is worth considering that there are reasons why he was passed up for a head coaching gig such a high number of times before getting the job in Milwaukee. Then you look at the fact that the front office of the Milwaukee Bucks gave what I called a babysitter to Adrian Griffin in Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts, the former Portland Trailblazers head coach, brought in to the organization. And that's got to go quite a long way in 
helping Damian Lillard feel good about about the hire, about the direction of the team. And we'll get into that a little bit, the Damian Lillard of, of it all a little bit later. But then Terry Stotts doesn't even make it to opening night. Terry Stotts abruptly resigns. And the report comes out that it comes after getting into a shouting match with Adrian Griffin following a practice shoot around. And it seemed that there was some tension around Terry Stotts, his role on the coaching staff, particularly given that he wasn't hired by Griffin. He was hired by the front office. Front office said, Adrian Griffin, here you go. Here is an offensive-minded head coach or offensive-minded assistant coach to go along with you, defensive-minded Adrian Griffin, which sounds hilarious in hindsight. Um, again, something we'll get into in just a little bit. That's not good. And then early on, early on, it didn't look great. It didn't make a lot of sense. You have shaky defensive metrics from the very beginning. And then the, the point at which I became incredibly skeptical was the November 8th game against the Pistons. I think it was the seventh or eighth game of the season where Giannis Antetokounmpo gets two techs, gets ejected. And yeah, the second tech was not a good call. Not a good call. Um, but... The Milwaukee Bucks bench is kind of all over getting, you know, arguably in refs faces, the, the atmosphere, the energy, and yes, they're professional athletes. They are adults. You're not going to have the same kind of, uh, I don't, I don't mean ag aggressive in, in a negative sense, but active, active, Hey, get the heck back head coaching that you're going to get in college to, to your players of being like, don't talk to the ref that way. We need you all to sit on the bench right now and behave so that this doesn't get out of control. You're not going to get quite that much you know, active direction from your head coach in the NBA than you, as you would in college, but there was none of that. Adrian Griffin kind of let that game get out of control. And after the game, his response was, I guess I should have gotten to the ref's face more. And then the very next night they go out and Adrian Griffin gets ejected minutes into the game. Standing up for his players or whatever. It told me that the, the job which Adrian Griffin had, which was to learn how to do the job incredibly quickly, during this championship contending window for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Something um, this organization has not had. A championship window. If Adrian Griffin has that job, a never-before head coach who has passed up on the coaching gig 12 times before, if he cannot learn quickly on the job, how to do the job, he was the wrong hire. That moment when clearly he can't get control of the team. He had already lost control of an assistant coach. And then he goes out the next night and tries to like big man overcorrect his performance 
in the game prior and gets himself ejected said to me, I just don't think he gets it. And those were the red flags from the beginning from a, you know, soft, soft basketball side, soft locker room side, a a vibes side, (laughs) as, as we so often put it here on the show. But they're real basketball issues for this Milwaukee Bucks team. And that's ultimately why he gets fired because he was, it seems that Adrian Griffin was not the organization's pick. The organization's pick was probably Nick Nurse, former Toronto Raptors head coach. And now, after basically just letting Giannis get his way in hiring Adrian Griffin, you got to go out and be a good basketball coach. Because if you don't, you're going to lose Giannis. And that's exactly what happened here. As we mentioned, Terry Stotts, former Portland Trailblazers head coach, never had a good defense, really. Um, I believe the number I saw when doing a little bit of research was in his nine or ten seasons in Portland, he had a top ten offense only twice. Or sorry, top ten defense only twice. So Terry Stotts, in offensive mind, to go along with Adrian Griffin, first-time head coach, Terry Stotts, seasoned head coach, offensive-minded head coach, to go along with first-time defensive-minded head coach, Adrian Griffin. Well, hmm. Defensive-minded head coach, Adrian Griffin, without his lead offensive assistant, has the second most efficient offense in the league, at the midpoint of the season, but the 21st team in defensive rating. If you adjust that defensive rating to the three-point shooting the Bucks have seen to the league average, teams have been shooting the three relatively poorly against the Milwaukee Bucks. But I, I I do actually believe the notion that in the NBA, three-point shooting is more dictated by the offense than teams being able to defend the three. So then if we if we adjust those numbers so that the Bucs, if the Bucs had faced average three-point shooting in the league, the Bucs would have had the 28th best offense in the league, or defense in the league. Instead of the 21st, they were fortunate to only be the 21st rated defense in the league. Oh, oh. These these numbers coming from uh, an article I read on brewhoop.com, by the way. But that's at the midpoint. That's not good. Bucks, although 30 and 13, second place in the East, had some serious issues on the defensive end, which is where Adrian Griffin was supposed to be good. Look at, you know, we, we talk about the, the Pistons game back in November, right? Then you look last night when the Bucks play the Pistons. Detroit had a fourth quarter league lead. Detroit, which lost an NBA record number of games in a row this season. Worst losing streak in the history of the National Basketball Association 2023-24 Detroit Pistons had a lead 
in the fourth quarter against this Milwaukee Bucks team because this Milwaukee Bucks team can't defend. And even though that Detroit team was missing its best player in Cade Cunningham last night, can't defend, can't defend. Ugh. That's not good. And that Milwaukee Bucks team had just gotten smashed by the Cleveland Cavaliers who are now coming to town to Milwaukee again tomorrow. And the Cavs were shorthanded in that game. We're missing four or five starters, I believe. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. And so, when you're a defensive-minded head coach, has terrible defense, has a good offense, despite basically running his babysitter lead offensive assistant out of town, There's not a lot left. Not a lot left besides the Giannis Antetokounmpo of it all, which is the main reason he had the job in the first place. The organization didn't really want him. That's not what any of the reporting says. And then you get the locker room fallout. You get the... I'm sure Damian Lillard was not pleased by Terry Stotts abruptly leaving leaving because by all accounts, Terry Stotts and Dame still have a great relationship from their time together in Portland. You get further reports. Bobby Portis, after losing to Indiana in the in-season tournament semifinals, kind of going off on the team in the locker room. The team and the coaching staff. Okay. Then over the last couple of weeks, you see more and more comments from Giannis Antetokounmpo saying defense isn't good. Questioning effort. <laughs> Saw a clip going around of Giannis drawing up plays on the bench last night. People saying this, this feels a, a, a prescient with hindsight. Yeah. If you're supposed to be the defensive minded head coach and the defense is bad. The other thing you have going for you is you have the belief in Giannis. When that belief is gone, you don't have anything left and you don't have the experience or the track record or the belief of your bosses that you can turn it around, that you have experience in turning it around after getting passed up for 12 head coaching jobs prior. You don't have anything left and not having anything left when this organization is in win now mode. You, you forced the hands of the organization to do something. And, and frankly, I am glad that the organization did something says they are not satisfied with one title. And they could have been. They could have been. Everything the organization has done post-2021 has been to say, we are not satisfied. We need to win another one. All right? That's great. Let's go.
we're going to talk about what comes next. Because what comes next is the most interesting part of this. Oof. But first, I want to tell you about what's coming next tomorrow. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are you going to go to the game? I, I'm maybe even more interested in going to the game now because that's a, uh, quite a show. <laughs> if you're going to go, you should buy your tickets on TickPick, by the way, um, which is where I buy all of my tickets to sporting events, concerts, music festivals, um, because TickPick doesn't believe in hidden fees. You're never going to pay service or delivery fees ever again if you use TickPick. Click the link in the podcast description, in the YouTube description. Uh, it is on the screen now. And when you do, you're going to save 10 bucks on your first order on TickPick. If you find a better deal, TickPick is going to refund you 110% of the difference in credit toward your next purchase on the app. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Use the link in my podcast description, save 10 bucks, and never pay hidden fees for tickets ever again. Uh, coming up this week on the show, gonna break down the Wisconsin Badgers game tonight after they play at Minnesota. Then we'll get into some big picture um, Green Bay Packers future-looking stuff because I think there's some really interesting questions about really hard questions about roster construction draft picks free agency and we'll, we'll start getting into that a little bit and, and of course keep you up with any and all Milwaukee Bucks coaching search developments as they come along but first is what comes next for the Milwaukee Bucks what comes next because I think it is a, a hard question to answer, but it seems that the Milwaukee Bucks are circling Doc Rivers. And I, I am taking a pause here because I, I, I want to refresh the old uh, formerly known as Twitter machine, just in case something has already happened. I do not think that it has. I think we are still waiting on a development, but okay. So the the reporting now is that Doc, Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks are, are headed towards a deal. Joe Prunty, the, the assistant for Milwaukee, is going to be the interim head coach for, for the time being. But it seems, I don't want to say overwhelmingly likely, but very likely that Doc Rivers is going to be the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And that comes with, you know, some people don't re really totally like Doc Rivers. I a little indifferent. I get it. I, I know that there are some people who say that schematically he is not necessarily the most 
up to date in vogue trendy higher but he he would be a stabilizing force for this team especially when it seems that there have been growing locker room issues and growing issues with getting bench guys bought in getting the bench to perform there there are there are issues with this roster right now for the first four guys on this team are quite good but after that there seems to be a pretty significant drop off and, and the players that come off the bench have genuine issues Bobby Portis seems very expendable from this roster Pat Connaughton seems pretty expendable from this roster right now in, in terms of trade value and you need to get more because but remember there's not like draft pick assets to throw around there's not a super high ceiling asset to throw around arguably the best asset they have is uh second year player Marjan Bochamp but maybe the time to trade Marjan was last off season because now he you know hasn't hasn't played a ton doesn't seem that he's progressed a ton and you just don't have a ton of super flashy assets to go get what you need, which is probably a better perimeter defender, a better wing defender. Uh, you, you hope J- Jay Crowder coming back from injury performs at, at a higher level, bring, brings the ceiling of this team up a little bit higher. But if you're just working with what you got on the roster, I think it is good to have someone who understands the problems that this current roster has. And uh, Col- Colton Bartholomew of the Wisconsin State Journal regularly writes about uh, the Wisconsin Badgers uh, football team primarily, actually, uh, for the Wisconsin State Journal and Badger Extra. He reposted some quotes from Doc Rivers, uh, who had an appearance two weeks ago on Bill Simmons' podcast. And among his comments were, that Giannis has to be rolling in the pick and roll more with Dame Lillard, which all the metrics say that if you get Dame and Giannis rolling in the pick and roll, that's like one of the most efficient moves in the league. And when Doc was the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers very regularly, he ran the heck out of uh, pick, and, pick and roll with Embiid and Harden. And I'd love to see that. Would love to see that. I think it would work even better with Damian Lillard because for as good as James Harden is, he is just so primarily a scorer that I think his playmaking ability is not as high level as Damian Lillard's playmaking ability, you know, off the ball, passing, etc. Um says Dame needs to be better defensively with positioning, which is absolutely true. Doc Rivers said this two weeks ago. Uh, that, that's one of the things that ha- has been an issue. We talked about talk about just a second ago how the Bucks need a better perimeter defender. Yeah, they do. Uh, Damian Lillard has not been a great perimeter defender. Um, also said that the Bucks need bench guard help. Yeah, I, I don't know how Doc, Doc Rivers helps that, but at least being aware of the limitations of the roster is good. Like we said, Pat Connaughton playing pretty expendably right now. Malik Beasley has been meh, um, not a ton. And then beyond that, not really anything there. The one thing Doc Rivers did say, which uh, of course, if you've listened to <laughs> the, the rest of this podcast before this, was that he's not too concerned about the Bucks defense. Just have to be a bit more efficient offensively, which will help the defense a bit. I don't 
totally agree with that because the, the, the offense is already very, very, very good, but maybe you can be more efficient. Like Bobby, Bobby Portis, who is not playing at efficient offense basketball whatsoever. One, one of the reasons that he is expendable. Um, and if you can, I mean, uh, I am sure be, because of stuff like that, uh, that like Bobby Portis, I, I am sure that there are more ways to increase the efficiency in this offense. And the reason it's already just as good an offense as it is, is because you have the kind of offensive talent that this Milwaukee Bucks team already has. And if you get somebody who is better equipped to unlock that talent, like maybe Doc Rivers, like maybe Terry Stotts, who is here to do that job and then got run out of town. You can do you can do more with it. And and if Doc Rivers is good coming in and working with Brooke Lopez, who is great at what he does, and Adrian Griffin didn't want to get Brooke Lopez doing what he does best on defense for so long, even though that led Brooke Lopez to being what maybe should have been the defensive player in the league, defensive player of the year in the league last year. Um, it, I guess the point I'm trying to make on that without it being too backwards looking and complaining about stuff that Adrian Griffin did when he first got here and then fixed a little bit um, is that it seemed that one of the problems with Adrian Griffin was that when it comes to Brooke Lopez, like playing drop zone defense and Adrian Griffin, not really wanting to do that despite that defense being what made Brooke Lopez one of the best defenders in the league was that Adrian Griffin was not immediately ready to make the adjustments necessary to maximize the value of this Milwaukee Bucks roster and what he had in front of him. And of course, when the team is in the win now window, you need the coach who's going to be immediately ready to do that. And one of the benefits that I see from these comments by Doc Rivers on this Milwaukee Bucks roster is that he understands the fundamental problems with the roster and the, the advantages that this roster does have and could do more with. So I'm sure there will be plenty of people who do not want to see Doc Rivers get another job. Plenty of people who will not love a Doc Rivers hire in Milwaukee. I think that at least for right now, these comments that Rivers has made relatively recently about this Milwaukee Bucks roster gives me an understanding that he sees this Milwaukee Bucks roster for what it is more than Adrian Griffin did. And that's a good thing because this title window is not over. This title window is still open this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016 fired their head coach and won a title. Got rid of, uh, what's his name, David Blatt, and, and won the title with, with Ty Lue in the same season. You can do it. You can do it. And I am glad that the organization, regardless of whether or not 
look, I, I know that I started this episode with a taking taking a little bit of a victory lap here. Never wrong, just early. Um, I know that I started the episode a little bit with that, but regardless of whether or not you think this was a good move by the Milwaukee Bucks organization uh, on its face, this move specifically, you have to be pleased that the organization is willing to take risks and show you that it is in win-now mode and will not compromise on that just to make people comfy, just to say, well, but you can't fire a guy in his first year. You can do anything. As long as it is moving toward winning, as long as you can justify it as a necessary move to win. That's what the Milwaukee Bucks did here. And I am at least pleased to see them take risky moves if it means that the goals of the organization are not immediately changing. The goal this season is still to win a title. That's why Dame Lillard is here. That's why the Doc Rivers might be here. We're going to talk in the morning about the Wisconsin Badgers. That game against Minnesota that is happening tonight at 6 p.m. Central. Until then, 